Welcome to episode 27 of Something Inventive, the science of SEO. Al and I are joined by Chris Richards to discuss how he's improved the search optimization for his businesses through single variant tests, making SEO a science rather than guesswork. The sponsor for this episode is Ticked Off, your simple marketing checklist. Sign up for a free trial at ticked-off.com. Oh, Al, it's so hot. Yes. It's so hot. I had to turn my fan off, so we've got to be quick, because otherwise I'm going to overheat. <laughs> Chris Richards, who's joining us as a guest, we're going to be talking about SEO, and we've been working with Chris for... Um, is it a year or so? Two years, maybe? Just, yeah, about 18 months, yeah, two years, something like that. Yeah, on um, helping develop the technical side of um, one of his projects called Utility Saving Expert. But um, So, Chris, I want to uh, get you to give us a, a background about that and search optimization, and we'll dive in with a few tips. Sure. Um, so, Utility Saving Expert came about after spending about six years in the not-for-profit space um, and seeing a number of people spending too much on their energy bills and mm. not really understanding that they could save a great deal. Essentially, it's a, it's a socially conscious um, energy comparison website, which also provides um, insurance comparison as well. Um, and it's a site that I have done sort of all of the SEO work on and um, a large proportion of the development has been done by myself, by your good selves over at Rather Inventive. And uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a journey. Yeah. So, it's, and it's looking it's looking good now. I know it's had a few uh, few small design changes. Who was the designer on the project? It was um, Ricardo uh, over at a company called Dante Creative. He's mm-hmm. based out of Ireland. Um, yeah, he, he designed it for, for us. Um, it's gone through various different redesigns from a user experience point of view as we sort of learned what users did and didn't want to see on the site and from mm-hmm. a conversion rate optimization point of view as well um so we've just improved it um every time we've seen something we can tweak and make better we've we've you know set into action a plan to uh actively improve the site for from the point of view of the user and all indeed google oh that's good i want to dive into seo later but um it would be interesting just to see to find out more about that iteration process, because I think a lot of companies we work with um, don't fully appreciate how useful that can be to, to get a really good feedback cycle of how people are using the site and adapting your site to, to better feed those uh, the information that, that people need and, and optimise for more conversions. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you go through that? Yeah, so basically you look at, um, we tend to look at a couple of pages, not every single page on the site, but look at the most trafficked pages mm. and look at what people are actually doing on those pages and what the conversion rate is. Um, and we also use benchmarking as well to see, you know, what should it be converting at? Right. What's the industry yeah. sort of minimum that it should be converting at? We also use then technology to see um, what people are doing on the on the page. So you can actually get a real-time recording of what people are doing. Um basically and you can see it as a heat map so areas where people are spending a lot of time gets hotter in terms of going a yellowy orangey color and where they're spending less time or not actually even getting to getting, tends to go colder colors like blues and greens mm. you can also see where people are arriving on the page and then effectively bouncing straight back to the search results because they've even not um they don't think they've landed on something they want or it's not what they expected to see um, yeah. by doing that process you can then decide on okay well if we if we, you know, people aren't getting to this important button, so let's move this button so it's above the fold. And, you know, you can go through various different stages 
of improving that user experience um, and then obviously you know that that improves your conversion and a tiny improvement in conversion from a percentage point of view can mean a great deal of extra revenue on the bottom line mm. we've used a tool like that with client websites in fact a client has asked us to add in a bit of code recently um, one of them is called Hotjar, which does yes. have that heat mapping. There's another one Correct. Um, called Full Story, which yep. has a feature in it called um, Rage Clicking. So it looks okay. it looks for people who are just who get so frustrated that something isn't working. Maybe a bit of JavaScript code isn't um, working correctly, so it's not triggering another action, or the page isn't loading fast enough, and they start clicking fast on a button to try yes. and get it to do something. I've witnessed this in person <laughs> for many people. Yeah, but it'll it'll yeah. highlight what elements um, on the site are are trick they're clicking on, so you can maybe work out what part of that process is. But they are they sure. are fascinating. But I'd imagine that doesn't that involve quite a bit of time looking through those. And reports great deal of time and also you need to have uh, you know really have a good design team to make sure that yeah. um, the changes that are in place don't materially affect the quality of the design and the other thing I forgot to mention is that um, making sure you look at it across different device types so you're on a desktop on a mobile on a tablet to make sure that um, you know they, they're performing as well as they possibly can across each device type mm. Yeah, it's something it's something that's very easy to get left behind checking that in from different people's perspectives and from different points of view. But it's obviously a good way to optimize. Anyway, we get we we're, we're, we're diving off into a different area of uh, conversion optimization, but is it is a fascinating one and maybe we, you can talk to us again about that another time. Absolutely. You started Utility Saving Expert. It's been doing really well. Uh, can you just tell sure. us a little, give us an example of how how you've managed to get it up the search engine rankings and um and then we'll leave that as a little teaser and you can tell us after sure. about how you do that. <laughs> okay, no worries. So um, it's a journey. It's not a sprint. It takes time. That's the first thing I'll say. Mm. Um, and it's a mixture of four main principles, which I can go into, into now uh, in, in brief, which is on-page, off-page, technical, and effectively content. Okay, good. Uh, so come back to those after. Uh, just give us a brief example of um, uh, some effort that you've put into um, for for one of the pages or a certain uh, keyword to, to try and um, sure. rank that? So, um, for instance, one of the quite big um, energy companies that have come around uh, most more recently owned by a council, Robin Hood Energy. Mm. Um, so we were ranking sort of middle of page two for Robin Hood Energy um, and through a combination of um, on-page, and what I mean by on-page is the content of your actual page, where you have keywords located, you know, how many times you use a particular keyword mm. uh, mixed with off-site. And what I mean by that is, you know, effectively, you know, people linking to your website um, and some really great, you know, long-form content. We've managed to move from sort of the middle of page two to position two, um, second to only the uh, energy company themselves. Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. And has a lot it, of work, but very, very, very rewarding. Yeah, I'm sure. And have you seen a significant ramp up in traffic once you're at position number two? Uh, yes, definitely mm. so. Uh, sort of went from you know, one or two visits a day for, to that particular page to uh, over 100 visits a day to that wow. particular page now. Yeah, so you just need to punt um, Robin Hood Energy out of the way, and then you'll be capturing most of the traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very do, tough. Do you, think it, do you think it's possible to, to, uh, to beat um, like um, your competitors? I mean... Robin Hood Energy page, that's that's their own thing. Is um, it possible, do you think, to to get number one in there if they're not doing SEO 
particularly well? I would say it would be extraordinarily difficult because of a number of factors. Um, Their domain name is obviously an exact match of the the keyword, being Mm. Robinhood Energy. Google knows that that's their brand name. Um, So there are a number of reasons why I'd say that it's almost impossible. I wouldn't say it is impossible, but it certainly costs you a lot more than it would be worth Sure, doing. of course. Yeah. So, so I've seen it on other other sites that I've worked on where you know we have out outranked a certain um, company name or brand name purely on the basis that the company or brand themselves that their SEO has been so poor that it's been mm. easy to do that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, if if they're not paying attention to their own SEO, then yeah, it does leave the door open a little bit, doesn't it, to other people? Absolutely. Uh, taking that top spot. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's good. It's obviously good to understand the limits then and what you want to achieve um, in terms yes. of any any um, optimization that you're going to do. Because otherwise, you'll just be dis- you'll either be disappointed if someone's promised you to go number one and it's not possible, or it's going to take so long and so much money that it may not be worth that. You know, maybe just moving up uh, to page one is going to give you what you want and not necessarily number one. Well, often what you find is people have a vanity keyword. They mm-hmm. have a keyword that they, they want to rank for. Um, but in reality, often it is keywords that they don't even realize are, are the ones that are bringing them, you know, the income, the, the revenue through their business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that, that's, that's something that's very common. Um, so before you go on, let me just do a quick sponsor read for TikTok. So TikTok will help you promote your startup or small business online with our simple step-by-step process. It saves time by providing relevant marketing information when you need it and saves money by sharing market-tested ideas to promote your business, including SEO tips as well. It doesn't go into the depth that Chris will, but it does have a lot of useful things in there. Um, we've actually got a testimonial from Andy uh, from houseplansdirect.co.uk. He's been using the service for a while and he uh, very kindly gave us some feedback on it. I found TikTok to be really useful so far. It's great to have a resource to refer to for marketing resources that I should know more about without having to trawl the web and read through three or four articles which may or may not be relevant. The format allows me to work through things at my own pace, which is really helpful as a small business owner. Looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Um, thanks very much for that, Andy. We've actually been we're always adding and tweaking content on there, so if you haven't if you are signed up and you haven't used it recently, uh, go back in and see if there's any more tasks. Um, there almost certainly will be. Um, anyone who's listening to this um, podcast can sign up for a free seven-day trial at ticked-off with just your email and absolutely no credit card. And, and I'll extend that to two months if you get in touch with me via Twitter, hello at Rather Inventive, or however you choose to do so. Just get in touch, say that you've signed up and we'll get you sorted with an extra two months for free. TikTok helps you be the boss of your marketing one task at a time. Okay, sorry for that interjection. It's very important. Um, of course. Chris, would you yes. take us through some of the um, processes and optimizations you might put in place? Not everything, not in detail. We, you know, that's, that you've got to pay for. Um, but just some of the key things. In fact, let me give you uh, people a little bit of a background. I mean, we've been working with Chris for some time, but you joined us at one of our team meetings to actually go through and, and talk about. Um, I did, yes. And there were some nice little nuggets you pulled up um, and some specific things that people didn't realize and, and were new to us as well. Um, so maybe pull up some of those ideas, some things that people should be focusing on, and maybe a couple of strategies that would be useful. Okay. So um, if we start with, probably the easiest thing to do is start with, with local SEO, because it's very much different to, to how you would go about things for a, a national brand or business. So mm-hmm. from a local SEO point of view, um, a couple of things I would ensure you do is, is make sure 
that your area is referenced um, sufficiently on your website. So in your page titles, are you referencing your local area? In on page, are you referencing your local area? Um, make sure that you're in any relevant local directories. You know, make sure Google understands that you are a local business. Mm. Um, and and do, doing that will almost certainly improve your local um, rankings for your for your business. Yeah, and one of the elements that you pointed out is um, Google My Business as well as a key tool in that. Yes, absolutely. So make sure you've signed up for a Google My Business uh, account. And for those that don't know what that is, generally when you when you Google a brand name, so for instance, if you were to, to Google rather inventive, um, you would see on the right-hand side, there's an extra additional box with a couple of pictures. It will have the company name, the company address, and also Google reviews as well. Um, it's very important to make sure that that's correctly set up, correctly optimized, that you have um, pictures that you upload pictures to it of the outside of your offices your logo inside your offices it's really a trust thing so you know if mm. somebody wants to trust your business show them it in a digital format okay good tips and um, moving on to stuff that you could do on the site sure so on site cause there's, there's there's many is there anything in particular you want me to, to cover them um i think there's what are the basics that people get should get right because obviously they can go off and get links from other websites which are going to help they can sure. um, do maybe lots of video production which might help they can do some stuff on social media that might help but yeah there's no point i think doing a lot of that work which people get excited by without making sure the website is done correctly and and has all exactly yes. bits in the right place could you just isolate a few of those pull, pull out some ideas yeah of course. So um, in terms of the website on page optimization, I mean, one key thing is to make sure that your site can be crawled effectively and efficiently by Google's bots. So when mm. it comes along to look at the content on your page, have you got an, an internal linking strategy from page to page to, to sort of, you know, that's not only for users, that's also for, you know, the Google bot to get to different deeper pages on your site? Have you made sure that you've got your keyword in, for that particular page in the right places? Mm. So for instance, your keyword should be in your title tag, but your main keyword should be in your title tag. It should be in your heading one. It should be in your first paragraph tag. And obviously it then should be in your content um, without, keyword stuffing you know you don't want to be saying buy red apples because red apples are the best red apples in the world you know you don't you, that's not what you want to do yeah but uh, we use certain tools and techniques to look at competitors to see and also to look at the top 10 listings of google to see you know what's the keyword density for um our competitors for people that are outranking us mm. um and then what's what's the average um number of times certain keywords are mentioned and then sprinkling those keywords in uh, and variants of those keywords in the right quantity and in the right places can have a fantastic effect. You know, many times people we've worked with and sites have worked on of my own, you'd be you'll be surprised at how much of a, a boost you can get in the rankings without even having any additional links or having that social proof coming to the site mm. just from getting your on page correctly. But unfortunately, that's probably one of the most overlooked areas because people just put content on their site. And then, you know, they think the next thing they need to do is get links. Yeah, I read uh, an article about, oh, was it a dating agency? I think we talked about it in the podcast now. They wanted to get more traffic into the website and they were yes. doing a lot of social online marketing. And um, it, it wasn't really going anywhere. I think they were spending a lot on adverts as well. And um, they 
when they spoke to an SEO company that what they needed to do is actually just rework some of their content because they were producing lots of great content, but it wasn't really targeted or key, had the right keywords in that, that people were looking for online. I, I remember you, yes. you saying that when people um, go onto Google, they're really asking a question. And so Correct. you need to be able to satisfy that question. I think that was one of the key problems. They had a great site, lots of content, but just the titles of the blog content wasn't correct. And if they just altered that, then they were able to boost their ranking quite significantly just by showing more relevance to the site, to Google. Correct. And also that you've, you've touched on a really important point there, which is keyword research. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that your target audience is actually searching for? Yeah. You know, if you produce a piece of content which doesn't, uh, meet the needs of the search that you're trying to rank for you're you're, you're going to fail so mm. you need to do effective keyword research you know look at what people are searching for you know, and then tailor your content for, for for that search effectively yeah keyword research is an interesting area i find that sometimes i don't know where to stop when i'm going down that road um, you know, at what, at what point do you stop and find the best keywords? It's, it seems like a, a bit of a cyclical thing to do and you, you can really use a lot of time on it. Um, but also I find that some of the tools, certainly the free ones that I might recommend to other people in workshops, they're disappearing or that, that data is being sort of constrained. Um, sure. What, what tools would you recommend um, or what tools do you use? And if, it, if there are, if that's not free, what tools would you recommend that people just get started with? Um, well, I use something called Ahrefs, which is not free. Yeah, um, it's yeah. quite expensive, actually. It is. Um, which is a monthly subscription. It's, a, it's 200 and something pounds a month. It's mm. quite expensive. But I would say what has really improved recently is actually the key, keyword planner that's in Google Ads. Mm -hmm. So um, that is actually, you know, Google are giving more data in that than they used to. So my, and that's obviously free. So that my recommendation would be to, you know, if you, if you, don't have access to a professional tool like Ahrefs is to, to use something like Google Keywords Planner. Yeah, Google Ads not, Keyword Planner, sorry. It's not bad, although I find that sometimes it switches from between wanting me to have um, some uh, an active account, an active AdWords account, yes. and not. I, I don't know if they've settled on something now, but uh, that's slightly frustrating. But yeah, actually, yeah, the tool's very good. Indeed, yeah. I'm not sure if it's uh, it's not something I use regularly, but um, I know from, from research that uh, it's probably the best way to do it for free yeah there was also something else interesting um because you reviewed our site and you pulled up a little tidbit which i i i you know i've known the technique but i didn't know the, the relevance of it um and that's to google your site with um site colon and then your domain name and Correct, you're saying yes. that really the the top entry there should be the page that is should be the home page it should be your your the page you want to be dominant that you want your yes. website to be about and ours came up with hosting now that's not through yes. that's not through any deliberate action so we were quite interested no. um uh, you know we, i've taken that as a, an action to find out why that is what is it that's pointing that's uh, saying to google that we do hosting is it that we've got so many websites and we're pointing them to our our, our website i'm not i'm not sure but that was fascinating you know why, why is that sort of the dominant page in google the honest answer is i don't know mm. um i don't don't have an exact i don't have a scientific reason anyway i have my own gut feeling but mm. it's mainly because google doesn't necessarily see i think it's more because google doesn't know which page you want to rank as your most uh, authoritative page and I think the other thing that may be going on as well, again, without further sort of diagnosis, I, I couldn't say 100% for certain, um, is that some keyword cannibalization going on. Yeah. So what that basically means is that you've got multiple pages um, that 
you're effectively targeting the same keyword for um, intentionally or unintentionally. And because of that, Google doesn't know what page to rank. So it ranks what it thinks it should rank rather than what you want it to rank. Oh, yeah, definitely that. I mean, we were talking through the um, the report that um, our optimization, while we understand it, it's a bit like the, the, the plumber's sink situation that um, we're often quite busy. And so returning sure. back to our insight is not something that we, we're always doing. But um, it's fascinating, yeah, to look through. And I think it, 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 it is going to come down to that we've just not um, able to help Google identify which is the, the, the key page on our site. Correct. Um, on that note, so we've been we've been working together for some time, you, and utility saving expert. Actually, you've been working with Al. He's been great and been able yes. to sort of do a lot of um, te the technical work on your your site. Um, Fantastic developer. <laughs> oh, well, you're too kind. <laughs> you're too kind, really. <laughs> um, but you've been you know you've been doing a lot of um, search optimization for your own site. You've obviously got you had some other um, projects you're working on before that and yes. actually ongoing. So you you really understand how to move a website um, up the rankings and, and what what things you need to do. And they can be various and varying depending on what the objective is. Um, Correct. So we're working together on um, producing a search engine optimization report because our knowledge only yes. goes so far. We're quite broad in what we know. We know a lot about the technical side of websites and some of the technical side on search optimization. But broadly for me, it's marketing covering the whole gamut. Um, and, and putting that, the implementation of. But I know with search optimization, it's constantly changing. Um, Every day almost. It is. In fact, actually, it's not so much constantly changing. It's more the um, information on what works and what doesn't is changing as people find out or test. And then Google might um, combat against that knowledge once, once they, they find out. So it is it is shifting a shifting landscape. And I know you've got your head in this um, constantly. It's something you deeply enjoy. May I say that? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Isn't it fair to say that um, SEO is kind of a, a constant journey of discovery and rediscovery in some ways? Absolutely fair to say that, Al. I mean, from my perspective, what I found that there's so much conflicting information out there and there's one, you know, you get one guru says one thing, another guru yeah. says something completely different. Um, and for me, it was only when I said, OK, right, I've had enough of this. You know, you've got these different gurus saying different things. Google says something completely different. The only way we can do this is through single variable tests. So, you know, that's, that's what we've done in order to work out what actually is a ranking factor and not what people say is a ranking factor, mm. um, is to try and prove it in an isolated environment, which we have done on, on many occasions so far. That takes an awful lot of time. And presumably, because you've got to see the results as well. You know, it's not yes. updated in Google like next day. Uh, and also, you know, in six months, Google might have changed something, which then affects those test results, making them make it meaning you have to sort of almost keep redoing them. Is that is that the case? Or it is, yeah. We are running anywhere near anywhere between sort of ten and fifteen tests at any one time, um, and then we also retest them as well. So if we get a positive response or sorry, positive result on the first time we do it, we'll test it again mm. um, and and test it exactly the same again to ensure that we get the same result. And we'll do that three times mm. on each test because what we don't okay. want to have is uh, a positive, a negative, and a, and a, uh, a neutral. Mm. Uh, we mm. want to make sure that what we know is a ranking factor uh, actually is a ranking factor. So, uh, and to give one little uh, snippet away, um, you know, having your keyword in the first P tag on your page is a ranking factor. We've proven that conclusively. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting that, um, that, you know, there's a lot of people doing SEO, but actually no one really does know it all. It is all about finding out what it does and what the effects are. Um, the prob- I, find it, I find that really interesting. The problem is lots of people do SEO, but most people um, are only working on sort of in the field results um, and what other people have said. So, you know, um, I found that there's very few SEO companies out there that are actually testing the various different ranking factors to prove or disprove that they work. Mm-hmm. They're just going on the basis that well, we did this in the past on this particular website and it worked. So it must be a ranking factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth of the matter is it very much depends on the niche you're in, you know, your industry. So, you know, something like the payday loans industry compared to something like, you know, gardening centers is going to be completely def- different to how you would actually go about ranking a website and what you would need or not need to do or not do. Mm. so um it's it it does get as granular as going down to an individual niche yeah i think it does i mean there are there are basics as you mentioned earlier things that you should do at the very bare minimum but as you say depending on your website your niche your audience then you'll want to change your strategy to um best yes best find a way forward in fact i had an interview with uh, matt watson from uh, a company called stackify and he's um one of these serial entrepreneurs who uh, started very young made a lot of money and sort of working his way through different businesses fascinating interview it's not released yet so it'll be out in the next week or so but uh, it's with our editor at the moment um but he was saying that with stackify which is a tool where people can integrate it in with their system so they can find out where the slow points are of their website or application so they can go and fix them they can look at logs they can look at time delays errors and so on and they can do all this live so they're able to have a, a very fast and responsive um site or application whatever they're developing but he found in his niche they've got a lot of developers, a lot of demanding developers, and they want a lot of information for free. So it's quite hard to get them to jump the barrier from free tool um, over to paid tool. Um, He had to put a lot of working for that. And what worked best for him is not video or social content necessarily in terms of marketing. It was good old article writing. A lot of how-to articles, detailed, technical, which... um, as a developer, they would uh, they're able to skim through and pull out the information they wanted, um, and that as a niche, he's he's just gone all in on a lot of help and articles and development articles tailored just for them. A lot of the other things have not been so useful. You know, advertising, social video have not really uh, pulled in the uh, conversions, but just pure blog writing on on information that people want to know has been very handy. So we're working with Chris on um, this, what I call a laser-focused, potentially even going as far as a ninja SEO report, not sure about that, Um, but basically a search engine optimization report where a company um, can really try and focus on a particular goal or maybe a few goals to optimize their site for those goals. So it's not just a general search optimization report, which is just going to spew a load of data at you and some general um, copy and pasted actions. Is actually Chris with the, with the right tools and knowledge that he's built up over a period of time, going through your site and your competitors to analyze what you need to do to move up the search rankings and to be where you want or to hit that goal that you want, whatever that might be. Chris, can you explain a few things that you'd cover in the report? Yeah, of course. So um, we look at a number of 
different um, areas and they can be broken down really into sort of the four principal areas that um, I spoke about earlier. So on-site or on-page, off-site, um, the technical and the content side of things. So what we tend to do is we do a, a sort of a full audit of the whole site to see you know things like um, how well optimized it is or isn't mm. for a particular set of keywords, how you rank against your competitors, how authoritative um, Google deems your site to be, um, what's the quality of the backlinks that are linking to you, how fast it is, uh, and various other bits and pieces that we look at, about sort of 20 other areas that we would look at. And from that, we we're able to sort of put a report together to say, okay, well, if you fix this and fix this and fix this, this will be, you know, this will be the outcome, the positive outcome that you're looking for, yeah. or this is the reason why you're not ranking. And this is a way that you can go around um, putting a strategy in place to fix that or improve that. So you will improve your rankings, your organic rankings. Um, and uh, we also do a video to sort of explain it in layman's terms as well, because it can get a bit geeky and a mm. bit SEO language. <laughs> uh, we also explain it in layman's terms so that obviously you know, somebody who's not technical can understand what they do or don't need to do, or what they do need to fix. I think that really helps showing it in context as well, particularly if it's on page or you're showing a result or where people do or don't come somewhere. I think to actually see that rather than just read it is is more engaging. I, I've seen untold sure. amounts of um, SEO reports where they'll pad it full of fluff, um, which is unreadable to most people. It doesn't make sense. You might find some actions um, spaced uh, you know, part way through in different sections. So it's very difficult to actually summarize and digest what you need to act on right away. I think the the nice way that you're approaching it is that, you know, yes, you've got the evidence and the research to back it up, but really it's the actions that are the most useful. It's um, saying, right, these are the things that you need to do to make uh, a difference on the website, to actually move the needle and uh, get to the goal that you want to um, achieve. So I particularly like that. I think... I think the other thing as well, Ben, is that um, I have a bit of a unique uh, viewpoint on it as well, having been a business owner or uh, currently being a business owner. Um, you know, I'm focused on what's going to improve the bottom line. Yeah. Um, whereas, uh, you know, some SEO reports I've received personally myself in the past, they're just about there's too much vanity in it and not enough sanity. You know, too much of, oh, we can rank you for this particular keyword. Well, that particular keyword doesn't make me any money. Yeah. You know, that particular keyword doesn't have the intent of the user to buy a product or service. Uh, I think that's where I, you know, my approach is different. I approach it on the basis of what are you trying to achieve? What's going to improve your bottom line? And what do we need to do in order to, to you know, effectively make you more profitable or getting the visitors that you want to get? Yeah, that's right. It's not just a promise of getting to number one. It's uh, let's look at your goals and we'll move you towards that and show you how to do it. Would you say a lot of the actions are things that um, business owners or the admins of the websites are going to be able to achieve themselves? I'd say at least half of the actions you're going to be able to do yourself. I mean, part of the sort of spin-off reports we do from the main report is uh, an additional. So, for instance, give you an example, Ben, the on-page stuff. So mm. the on-page, we can identify where, where there are issues, whether it's over-optimized, under-optimized, et cetera. And we can provide an additional report, which has an additional cost, um, which will actually tell you that you need to increase your keyword variant by X number and, you know, add this add this number of extra sentences into the page. It's very, very specific on what you need to do, and we can provide that. So, yeah, any business owner or indeed an admin of a website could do that. Um, but then there's other things that are, you know, they may not be able to do, such as sourcing, 
be sort of high quality, extraordinarily relevant links to their site. That's something that um, we specialize in and that's something that they potentially won't be able to do. Yeah. So what you're talking about there is being able to get links from other websites uh, that are relevant to the area that you want to target and being able to get articles on those sites linking back to you. Correct. I mean, the, the thing with links, most business owners who uh, have a website will understand that they need to have links of some sort or have mm -hmm. some understanding around links. The common misconception is more is better. Yeah. Um, yeah. When it really is quality over quantity um, and relevance is so key. I mean, if, if you're getting if you sell radios and you're getting a link from a site that's about cats, you know, there's no relevance. Cat radios. What's wrong with those? <laughs> <laughs> true but you see my point you yeah, need yeah, to have a link from a relevant so relevance is key yeah and so um you know we're working with you to deliver these um you can buy people cool. if, if they're interested in, in working with chris and us on on the report you can go to our website and go to ratherinventive.com and on there there's a search optimization link and you can click on that and we've got more details on the report and and how to buy it it's 795 pounds and if you are a coaching customer, you get a 10% discount, which I think is a bargain because you get a lot of useful information. It's targeted about improvements, not just giving you a report that, that looks nice um, as you file it away in your email. Um, so let's move on. Um, thanks very much for that, Chris. Um, I think no there's, worries. There's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of information in there. It's very detailed. Um, and really, I think that if people are serious about moving their site up and, and getting more leads coming in and relevant leads through um, organic search, then um, having a report in place is good. Particularly also if you're looking at redeveloping the website, um, I think that's something that would be well worth to do that's, in and around that time. It's a great starting point to know, you know, where you're, where you're currently at, where you need to go and how long that journey is because mm. surprisingly lots of people uh, might may be closer than they think to extraordinarily, you know, improved rankings with just a few tweaks here and there, um, but you don't know if you don't have the knowledge. Yeah. So something that I've always uh, been, but always wondered is, of course, when we talk about SEO, we always think Google, but um, the other search engines are available. And sure. um, I've always just taken the view that um, if it works for Google, then it's going to work on Bing. And I'm not sure. I think a Yahoo sort of perhaps shot itself in the foot a bit recently, so I don't know if that's <laughs> really a search engine anymore anyway. Um, but certainly Bing is... Um, yes. so is it fair to say that, I mean, I always look at Bing as being like the poor cousin of Google. And so <laughs> if, if you do it OK for Google, Bing's probably going to be absolutely delighted with it. That, that's my sort of take. Is that is that right? And what and do you do people worry about Bing results as much as Google results? I'd say that uh, a couple of things. Firstly, Bing's ranking factors um, somewhat differ from Google's. Um, Bing's are very uh, much more, how can I put it, simplified from a link point of view mm. um, and various other sort of keyword related um, signals. Um, so essentially I'd go as far as saying sometimes what you would do to rank on, on Bing, you wouldn't necessarily do to rank on Google, which can obviously provide a, a problem from a sort of a balanced point of view if you mm. want to rank on both. In your experience, do you even like, consider being as does that even come into the you know calculation are you just not too uh, do you, are you bothered with it or you do you find your clients are really bothered about bing rankings does that even come up or, or any other search engine i think from from a perspective of being 
uh, alongside the sort of having differing ranking factors. The other thing to consider is that the traffic that generally is on Bing tends to be more mature. Mm. Um, what I mean by that is, is, is some certain niches, um, sort of the older generation tend to use Bing. Um, it's something that I've seen from sort of personal experience of different websites that I've been involved with. Um, I'd also say that conversions can sometimes be higher on Bing um, than they are on Google. And competition can be lower. So there, there are definitely some benefits to being, um, you know, properly optimized or as well as optimized as you can be on Bing as well as Google. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, thanks very much. I mean, I, we, we, we do enjoy working with you and it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how the feedback comes from these, these reports. So uh, looking forward to that. Correct. So we don't have any podverts this month. Um, which is terrible. People just aren't, you know, I, I do get feedback on this um, podcast, but I think the, the motivation of moving people from listening to a podcast to actually getting onto Twitter, it, there's a big wall there. We need to do something about that. So um, can one person who's listening right now, that's you, yes, you, get in touch with us and tell us about their product or service that they'd like to promote. It can even, it can be anything. It could be maybe something that they've been interesting, they've been doing in their business as well. That's always fascinating to talk to us about. You just need to mention at Rather Inventive on Twitter and use the hashtag um, podvert, or you can just say um, something nice on um, email using hello at ratherinventive.com and I will read it out over the coming episodes. Just a couple of things to finish. Over on hellopippin.co.uk, which is the uh, blog post of Catherine Ivory, who is a copywriter we work with from time to time, she wrote an article recently called Reflecting on My Post-GDPR World. And it's just basically a short article about how She's looking at um, her email list after getting people to resubscribe and how it's dropped or not. Um, and she did have a drop. I think it was around 30% or something like that, which is, I think, still pretty good um, considering the list. And she explained the process of what she went through. Well, it, I've been meaning to blog about this for some time just to let people know where um, what our subscription base dropped um, from and to. But I just couldn't be bothered. It's a lot of work to, to, to do it. So I thought I'd tell people here. We have 43% of people who remain subscribed or they reconfirm their subscription. And I think that's pretty good. I think that's quite high, coming up to 50% of people wanted to stay and listen to us. So thanks very much for that. We did that over a period of time. So we didn't just on the last day try and get people to sign up and resubscribe to our newsletter. We actually did that over about four months prior to that. We were talking about GDPR and then have had a couple of roundup messages at the end. And I think that really helped. Obviously, you know, everyone who's gone through that process now, it's it's too late. But um, really, if you do want to get people to subscribe, it's not something you can do instantly. It's something where you've got to repetitively tell them what the benefit is, why they should move and jump over that hurdle to subscribe or get involved in something. And I think that's the same for a, a lot of conversions in some cases. If it's not um, instantly clear why they need to buy something, then maybe it takes a bit of education to move them to somewhere where they are interested. Um, I also had a recent interview. I just mentioned one, Matt from Stackify. Uh, that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Also, Heidi from Eat, Sleep, Live, Herefordshire. I was down in Herefordshire and have been working on their website for a time. But I've also known Heidi for years. Uh, I think it was about 12 years we worked out. Um, so those two interviews will be up over the next couple of weeks. I did want to point out one interview which is up now, and it's about a company called Wild Fizz. Uh, Gina Gagan is the owner of that company, and they've uh, developed a tasty fermented tea drink. And it is quite tasty. It, it, the process looks quite disgusting, but the resulting drink is very nice, I can assure you. Um, I met her at River Cottage. She's very passionate about the way she delivered the 
demonstration and I wanted to know more about that business. It's a really good interview. It's about an hour long, but it's definitely worth it. That's up now on our website. Just look out or search for Wild Fizz Kombucha Interview. And just finally, before we round off, um, Claire published an article on our blog called Invest in the Seeds of Your Evergreen Marketing. And it's really just talking about some of the things that you might want to look at doing that will allow you to put effort into content that will last some time rather than just constantly uh, on the treadmill on social media. A lot of what Claire talks about on the blog, I think really comes into a benefit for search optimization as well, because you're looking for the long term. You're not looking for quick wins. You're looking to develop content over a period of time that people will find useful. If you can apply some search optimization practices in there as well and target to the right audience with the right keywords, I think you'll optimize it even more. So check that out. That's called Invest in the Seas of Your Evergreen Marketing. Before we sign off, Chris, where can we catch you online? Where's the best place? Best place to get me online um, is either at Utley Digital or you can go to utleydigital.com or email me at chris.richards at utleydigital.com. Brilliant. Thanks. And if you're interested in one of the reports that Chris produces, get in touch with us and we'll get that sorted for you. And then we can obviously help with the implementation of that. If you if you struggle, you just want to throw your hands up and say, just deal with it, get it sorted. You can find the show notes for this episode on our website. That's ratherinventive.com forward slash podcast. You can get in touch with us on Twitter. Chris has given his. I'm at Ben Canaird on Twitter and Al is at Inventive Al. If you want to be part of the show, you can send in your business, marketing or creativity questions for the next episode and any search optimization um, questions as well. Fire those in. Chris won't be with us, but I'll happily fire them his way. Um, so you can tweet us on at ratherinventive or hello at ratherinventive.com. And as I mentioned before, if you've got a service or product you'd like to promote, just get in touch with the hashtag podvert. Thank you, guys. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Goodbye. Thanks very much. Bye. Cheerio. Bye.